Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the As I See It podcast here today with an extremely special episode of Barca Base. As it's not a match review, it's not a match reaction, it's none of that. Today, we have our first guest on the Barca Base episodes. And we haven't just gone for any guy, we've gone for a top tier man. This man goes by the name, well, most of you'll know him by the name of Blaugrana TV. But I know him as Nico. He is the man behind the amazing Instagram page, as I said, Blaugrana TV. Nico, how you doing, my friend? Very good, very good. Thanks for having me on, bro. No worries at all. How's everything going with yourself out there in Canada? Pretty good, pretty good right now. Just trying to stay safe. Yes, of course, of course. So, yeah, if you don't know, as I said a little bit before Nico runs Blaugrana TV, it's an incredible Instagram page. Currently, very close to 100k. So, if if we can get him there, that would be brilliant. Nico, do you want to just explain a little bit about what you do for the people that may not know? Uh, yeah. In case you guys don't know me, I uh, run the Instagram page at Blaugrana TV, and I just post everything related to Barca currently, with uh, match updates, lineups, and all transfer rumors and news. It's an absolute brilliant page. If you're a Barca fan or a Kule, you have to follow it. Keeps you up to date with the latest, as he said, transfer rumors, everyday news. Um, and I think you'll really get some good information on what's going on within the club. So a great accessible Instagram page. Make sure you guys check it out. As he said, at Blaugrana TV on Instagram. It's worth your while. Trust me. So Nico, we're going to have a good discussion today, I'm sure. We're going to talk all things Barcelona, really. I'd, I've got a few talking points that we'll mention, um, some to do with the, the the upcoming Champions League, but also just a bit of an overview of the season, if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Good. So uh, first and foremost, I want to know your opinions on the new kits. Uh, two new kits, home and away, just dropped. What are your first impressions? Absolute bangers. Nike have really hit it out <laughs> the park this year. For the first time in quite a while, I'd say. The home mm-hmm. kit, at first, the the leaked, rumored kit, I absolutely hated it. But really? now that the official one has come out, I am in love with it. And I'm probably going to buy that one too. The away one, we've been waiting for years for a black and gold kit, or at least I have. And yeah. now that it's finally come, it's definitely been worth the wait. Oh, it's so clean, isn't it? It's just simple but beautiful, and that's what you need in a kit, I think. Completely agree. So, yeah, I think the away kit for me is probably my favorite. I like the home kit. I think the more we see the players in it, I'm sure it'll sit better, but it's Without always... Yeah, they're just a readjustment, really, isn't it? But for sure, have you? are you going to order a, a kit, or have you already? Yeah, I, uh, I've ordered the black away one with Dembele yes. on the back. Gonna be really yes. clean, and I hope to be getting the home one. Don't really know who I should get on the back yet, though. Uh, I'm gonna tell you it should be a uh, Ricky Puig. <laughs> <laughs> most likely, most likely. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go for the away kit with with his name on the back. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a new kit number, though. Yeah, uh, he probably should, as he's most likely going to be getting a professional contract with the first team next season. So it should be interesting to see what number he gets. Yeah, it definitely will. There's some rumored talk of him potentially getting the number eight. Of course, Arthur leaving the club. What are your thoughts on that? Is he ready for that responsibility? Yeah, with uh, Arthur leaving the club, I see no, um, not really many other options for numbers for Ricky Pooch. Of course, with some players most likely leaving the club this summer, 
Um, number eight, people really treat it as though it would give him a lot of pressure, but mm. I don't see that as the case. Uh, Arthur mm. did quite well with it, and I think Pooch will as well. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think as long as the fans <laughs> realize that he is only 20 years old, despite how developed he seems as a player, you know, he is only 20 years old. So I guess there's a little bit of pressure from it being Iniesta's number and all that. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully as long as he doesn't feel the pressure of, of wearing that shirt, that's the main thing really, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. So let's get straight in and talk a little bit about the uh, the only competition that we are in still and uh, our only chance of getting our hands on a trophy this season, and that is the Champions League. As uh, most, most of you Barca fans will know, if not all of you, uh, we are facing Napoli this Saturday, as soon as this Saturday, unbelievable stuff. Um, currently, as we record this two days away, uh, how are you feeling about this upcoming clash? Honestly, I haven't been this confident in a match in quite a while. Not sure what it is. Not sure if it's getting hyped up over the kits. But I just can't wait for it. And I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Hopefully, we come away with a great result and a great performance. All that really matters. And hopefully, it will give us some confidence going into the next round. Oh, I really hope so. And I think it's going to be much needed confidence. Uh, the players have had a little bit of a break now since the disastrous end to the season that we ha that we had, really. Um, of course, the final game did end on a positive where we won 5-0. But other than that, we've been dreadful after the restart and, to be honest, for the majority of the season. So hopefully this break will have done the players a bit of good. Do you feel that that is the case as well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, as we've seen in the last few days of training, the players look to be happy, confident, and energetic and just overall ready for the next match. Yeah, I think, or oh, I'm hoping they'll be very eager to to kind of restore some, some, you know, dignity after a pretty dreadful season. But there is something with Barcelona in the Champions League that we just haven't quite managed to go far enough, really, for, for the majority of Barca fans' uh, expectations. Do you feel as though the, that pressure will still loom over them for this Champions League season to, to come to an end? Honestly, I, I really sincerely hope not. I mean, as we've seen in the game against Alavis, they performed extremely well. And I think it was due to the fact that they had no pressure left as the league was completely out of question. There was no way they could win it. And they just went out there and had fun. And they absolutely destroyed Alavis. So if mm. they can carry on some of that momentum and mentality over to the Napoli game and beyond, then I think we should do just fine. And speaking of Napoli, how are you? How do you think that they're going to come into this game? As we know, they've been slightly inconsistent in their performances as of late, but you know, one match to, to take it really is always going to be a motivation for them. How do you see them coming into this game? Well, Napoli will be going into this game with a point to prove. Uh, obviously, for all of Italy, it has been... A decade since the last Serie A team won the Champions League. And wow. Napoli finished in seventh place in Serie A. So they will most likely be going into the game thinking, this is it. We have to show the world that we can do something. They have to show Serie A that they are threats for next season. However, um, Insigne is a most likely doubt for the game uh, as he uh, sustained an injury a few days ago. Oh. Um but I think that it won't be a problem for Barca. And I think that Barca can still manage to come away with the win. Yeah, I mean, when you put the two teams down on paper, 
everyone expects Barcelona to win, but that is one of the problems really, yeah. isn't it, <laughs> that we face. Uh, speaking of that, Insigne, uh, probably not going to be able to play this game. That is a big loss as he was such a threat in that first leg. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's been one of, if not the most um, quality players to play for Napoli this season, having a 7.3 average match rating in Serie A, contributing to 14 goals. And I think he would have, he might still, but he would have done quite a bit of damage against Barca if he does play. Yeah, 100% agree. So Napoli struggling for a bit of form, but we are too. It will be interesting to see how we line up. Um, There's been some talk about a new formation being tested, tried and tested in this Napoli game. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's the right time to bring in a new formation or do you think it could be a positive? Honestly, I think that now is definitely not the time to bring in some new tactics and a brand new formation that we have never tried before. That would be fantastic for a preseason to see if we do well under it. But to go into this Napoli game, we have to go with what we know and what we're comfortable with, a 4-3-3, in my opinion. To go in with a 3-5-2, extremely dangerous to do that against an attacking, energetic, speedy team like Napoli, I just Mm. think is complete suicide. And I think they should definitely go with a 4-3-3. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because defensively, we've struggled all season, really. And uh, especially because our fullbacks push up so far. Um, It'll be interesting to see if actually that 3-5-2 formation would actually give us more cover at the back than the the 4-3-3 does at the moment. I'm not really sure. What do you think? Do you think it would provide more defensive cover? Uh, It really depends on how you look at it because um, Setien could change the formation mid-game to a 5-3-2 with Jordi Alba and Semedo or Roberto on the flanks pushing back. Mm. But uh, at the moment, it looks like Setien wasn't pleased with how the team performed with a 3-5-2 in training. So it's interesting to see what he will decide in the end. Yes. Semedo and Jordi Alba, of course, very well known for not only their pace, but their involvement in the attacking phases of the game you know they are so pacey they get right up to almost like a right wing position and play um there for a lot of the game and they are relied on because of their pace to also get back and defend but when we're caught out on the counter attack we look very vulnerable and in the end a lot of the time it's down to for in my opinion one of our best players of the season uh Stegen, to clean up the 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 mess that's happened what have your thoughts been on Stegen this season do you think he's a pivotal part of this barcelona side 100% he is honestly as decisive and important to the team as Lionel messi is i think without him we would have lost many many more games uh, mm-hmm. this season, last season, and even the season before. He has been incredibly valuable to the team. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, we had high hopes for him, but I don't think we could have envisioned the the, the amount of stability, stability that he's brung to this, this Barcelona first team. You know, when he first came, he was unlucky, he got an injury, and that meant that uh, Claudio Bravo, who was our keeper at the time, was actually starting ahead when he was actually bought as a backup initially. So Tosegan has had to wait for his run in the team as being a starter, but he's definitely fulfilled what we had hoped he would be. And as you said, for me, I agree with you 100%. 
as important as Lionel Messi in that team. One's down one end, one's down the other, but they both hold such significance in winning matches. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent agree. I mean, I can I can just remember about five years ago when I believe it was after the Champions League final, uh, Ter Stegen said that he would fight till the end to be Barca's number one keeper, and as we can see, he's one hundred percent accomplished that. Well, that's exactly what you want, isn't it? In a in a player that has desire to to win things with the club, but not only that, be an integral part of winning things with the club as well. And as we speak of Testegen, at the moment there are talks of, and we're hoping a contract renewal as he is winding that contract down. How are you how are you feeling about this? Do you think he will put the pen to paper and sign a new deal with us? I think there's no better club in the world that would appreciate Ter Stegen as much as the Barca fans do. And I think he knows that. And I think mm. he loves Barcelona. He loves the city. He loves the fans. He loves the team. And I think there's no better suit for him than Barca. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. He is becoming like a, a, a worship figure at this club. So I think he will definitely go down as one of, you know, p- potentially even the best keeper in Barcelona history if he continues and has a long um, and successful career with us. But that will come with winning trophies. You know, we have to we have to be be serious with that. So to Stegen hopefully able to sign that contract sooner rather than later. Uh, Someone else I wanted to touch on was Dembele, who seems to be fit again. Um, Risky stuff, uh, because we are just approaching a very pivotal point of the season where we could use him. But do you think it is the right time to do that? Um, I 100% do not think that, because I feel as though I would rather have Dembele for the entirety of next season than just for a this Champions League month as we've seen in previous cases he's been rushed back far too fast far too quickly and Mm. it's it's showed as he's picked up several several um serious injuries that have kept him out of the game for many months and although he does have the ability in my opinion to turn a game completely around with his speed with his unpredictability with his shooting ability it's I just still don't think that it's worth it. Uh, Although, if we do find ourselves struggling against Napoli in the last 20-odd minutes, I think that we could and we should bring him on. But other than that, I don't think it's important to. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are hoping that he will start, but they have to remember, listen, you know, training uh, is very different to playing, you know, in in a match of that, that nature, so competitive where... You know, no doubt Napoli will go, be going in for some harsh challenges. Uh, you know, they want to win as much as we do. So risking him seems slightly silly. As you said, if we are in desperate need of something, a, a different kind of dimension to our attack in the last few minutes, you know, maybe the last 10 minutes, we may bring him on then. But I think we're both hoping if Ansu Fati starts, he can provide yeah. uh, that kind of spark. He can be that difference maker. However... It seems as though uh, the media has been reporting that Setien will go for the usual uh, Messi, Suarez, Griezmann trident up top. However, Mm. it's not certain whether it will be as Messi and Griezmann as the wingers and Suarez up top. They're reporting Mm. that it will be Griezmann and Suarez up top as Messi as the attacking midfielder. Mm, I really like that. I really like that. We saw that um, 
that happen in in one of the best games of the season against Villarreal, didn't we? Where they tried that out and it worked really, really well. What were your thoughts when you saw that? It did. Uh, honestly, it was quite surprising. As the match mm. started, I was extremely disappointed in Setien with the lineup. I thought it was very poor. I did yeah. not like Suarez and Griezmann starting together. I didn't mm. like Suarez starting in general, but uh, it could work in this game. It might, but I would probably go with Messi, Griezmann and Ansu up top. Yeah, yeah, I would uh I would I, I really want to see Ansu involved. I think he offers a, something that we don't have in any other players. Uh you know that exhilarating as soon as he gets on the ball, you can feel the fans rising to their feet in excitement. Um and what was interesting about that Villarreal game when we saw this new kind of forward system which allowed Griezmann to be so much more involved in the game instead of just posted out there on the left is that we tried to uh, do the same thing in the next game against Espanyol but it just didn't work out yeah, why do you no, think that was uh, absolutely uh, I feel like it doesn't work every game and it doesn't work against every team which is why I think before every match Setien definitely needs to assess the opponent and think about what formation and what tactics and what players he should use uh, yeah. depending on how is the opponent plays. Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely a case of look at the formation dependent on the team that we play. And I also think it really relies on having the midfield behind those three attackers as to be very solid and allow those attackers to just do what they you know, need to do. And that's to try and score goals instead of having to worry about tracking back or anything like that. I think getting that midfield balance right is really, really important. Yeah, yeah. And 100% agree. And speaking of the three midfielders, if I had to choose the three to start against Napoli, I would probably go with De Jong as the single pivot yeah. and Ricky Puch and Sergio Roberto as the two center mids. Interesting. Yeah, really interesting. I was going to ask you actually what your your preferred starting lineup would be. Not that that will be the one that's selected because Setien always seems to surprise us with these uh, these starting lineups. But yeah. for me, one man out of almost <laughs> one man out of almost everyone in the team that I just have to see starting is Ricky Puig. He has been unbelievable, and he looks like he's been playing in this Barcelona side for the last three or four years. That's how comfortable he looks. He's just slotted right in. Have you been impressed with him so far? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think I've been waiting for seasons for him to get his chance in the Barca team, and Setien one of the very few things good that he's done for Barca is give him that chance. He started yeah. in five of the last seven games. And as we can see, he's one of the biggest difference makers out there on the pitch, giving it yeah. 100% every single minute of the game. We could see his passion, his hunger to succeed in the team. And I think that starting him in this Napoli side will definitely give us the edge. I 100% agree. I mean, he is one of our most creative players uh, in that team. And in a midfield that really lacks creativity or and has done for a little while now, he is really that bright spark. He's another player as soon as he... This is what I love about him, right? He never goes for the easy option. He yeah. always creates. Completely agree. He always... The, he's, his ability to get out of tight spaces is incredible. Yeah, it, his it, almost, reminds range, you, it almost reminds you of a young Messi. Oh, really? Bring I mean, that seriously. Magic. Bring that magic yeah. to the team. 
He is, he is Barcelona through and through. It's so clear. You know, his passing range as well. Yeah. Outstanding. And I was even impressed with his... Uh, I did, was it the final game of the season? He took an incredible shot that hit the woodwork. Yeah, I believe um, it was against Alavis, which really would have capped off a fantastic game for him as he also picked up oh. two extraordinary assists. And it could just you could just see that he brings magic and creativity and vision to the midfield that wasn't there for quite some time since even Iniesta left. Absolutely. And speaking of that final game, he actually came out with the statistic of, uh, I believe it was the most uh, chances created in that game, was it? Yeah, most chances created since Luis Suarez in 2018, besides Messi, of course. Wow. I mean, that is incredible. And let's not forget, he was playing alongside Messi that game. And Messi had a good game. Yeah, he did. He did. And I think uh, Ricky Puig really plays in part to Messi's game and really does improve him. And I hope that the rumors are true, that Setien will be looking to make Messi as more of a goal-scoring player, as unlike we've seen this season, as he came out mm. on top in the uh, assisting charts. Mm. Um, and it's rumored that De Jong um, and Ricky Pucci will be the ones to create the chances for Messi to slot home. Yeah, I think that's important. We're asking too much of Messi at the moment. He's playing about five positions, six positions. Um, And him having to drag the ball, he has to drop so deep to receive the ball. Um, It's, yeah, we want him higher up the pitch, I think. He isn't as mobile as he once was. So having him slightly higher, um, not too high to where he's in front of the goal, because we like to have him be able to pick out those passes that cut through the the defence. But that's why I feel like it's so important to have a player like Ansu or Dembele when he's back or with the signing of Trincao, to have someone that's able to make those runs or cut through the defence and finish as well so I think that's really important like all we're looking for at the moment is players to come in and make it easier for Messi so that way Messi can be more of a goal scorer as we've seen that is his stronger suit if Messi is focusing on goal scoring only it's it's unreal what what caliber he can reach absolutely and we'll see his, his, I mean, listen, his numbers this season were extraordinary, both in shooting and assisting. But as soon as these, these changes are made, watch, watch his goal skyrocket. I mean, when you combine goals and assists for the season, he was top throughout all of the leagues, despite having what many said was a poor season. And he also finished with the Pichichi this season in La Liga, beating Karim Benzema by four goals, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, he he was once again won the La Liga Golden Boot for I believe the seventh time, which just really speaks to his character and just shows how incredibly consistent he's been for the past decade, even more. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. So just getting back to the Champions League now. Obviously, we know because of this new uh, new form of football, and especially this new format of Champions League, we're going to see one game knockout football, which means we have a total of four games. Poss- the possibility of four games needed to win the Champions League. How do you feel this new structure? will affect Barcelona? Will it be a positive for us or will it be a negative for us? Uh, I 100% think it will be a positive. As we've seen in the past few seasons, Barcelona go into the first match with a lot of um, fight and a lot of hunger and 
the the need to succeed and they show it they show it with uh brilliant scores against Liverpool when they beat them 3-0 and Roma when they beat them 4-1 but then in the following match it just all seems to disappear uh they're not in front of the yeah. home fans anymore they they just don't have the same mentality they they choke they completely choke but now yeah. with this new system it it feels much easier and a lot of pressure is let off of their backs and it seems that it really puts into perspective four games is all that's needed to win the champions league at the moment yeah yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, it sounds almost easy, but we know it'll be anything but that. But I do agree, you know, we have to look at it like that. Often we've relied very much on our home games and we've really struggled with away fixtures. Um, normally those first first legs that have been away, we've struggled and we've, you know, waited to come back to the Camp Nou and having the fans there was a big, big plus for us. But of course, that is also not going to be the case this season how do you feel the the lack of fans uh, is gonna is gonna affect us? Uh, obviously, I think it will affect us heavily. Uh, about ninety thousand fans not being there, yeah. chanting and crying out for goals to be scored. It's it's definitely gonna affect us. However, I think we've seen this season Barca has definitely played better away somehow. And um, I don't think it will affect us too much. I think we'll still be able to get the job done against Napoli. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we can't underestimate the power of the fans. You know, they are yeah, the, the 12th man, aren't they? You they know, are. They are there when the team... Because we've seen this with Barcelona plenty of times. They, they have a little 10-minute period where they completely drop the ball and it allows for many nervy times. And that's when the fans are the most important because they are saying, look, we can see the tempo is dropping here. Let's get it back up. They start to get loud. They get the noise back. They bring the energy back into that first team. So it will be a grave, grave miss not having them there. Yeah. And continuing in the Champions League, if, and it is a big if, if we manage to get past Napoli, who will cause us problems, but hopefully we're able to deal with them, we then, <laughs> their fixtures have not gone in our favours. But listen, you know, when you're playing in the biggest competitions in the world, you're going to be playing against the best, you know, teams in the world. And that is the case. We're going to be playing against one of, if not the favourites to win the Champions League, Bayern Munich, after we manage, hopefully, to pass Napoli. This is a big fixture, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I agree. Uh, they are the favourites to win the Champions League. And they undoubtedly have the best team in Europe right now. Com so well-rounded with their fantastic defence and incredibly deadly attack. I just think that they will cause problems to Barca. But I think with the right mentality, the right lineup, the right luck for us, we still can manage to beat them. But said to be the best we have to beat the best and that is the case here and listen it will feel so so much more worth it if we manage to beat the best teams on the way to winning the champions league you know if we've had a really easy uh run of fixtures and we've been you know favored in these fixtures against teams with no disrespect that aren't quite at the cal caliber of Bayern Munich and then we have one you know hard game in the final and win it you know it will feel a lot more worth it if we're beating the best and biggest teams out there on the way to lifting that Champions League trophy yeah no I completely agree it's uh back in 2014-15 when we won the Champions League we beat PSG City Bayern and Juventus along the way to winning the most wow. coveted trophy in Europe and it just made the victory seem that much sweeter well, that 2015 victory seems so far away now. So I mean, far away. 
It really does. But that was an incredible Champions League campaign and, and hoping that we can continue with that in mind in this year's Champions League. So one last question on the Champions League. Uh, who do you think is going to win it? Uh, if I had to say right now, with yeah. the most confidence in my heart, I would say Barca. Wow. Wow. That, that <laughs> of course, seems like a hot take. But that's just me listening to my heart and having the most confidence for my club. However, yeah. at the moment, the three favorites, I'd say, um, like based on the world's opinion, would probably mm. be City, Bayern, and PSG at the moment. Yeah, all got incredibly strong squads. Uh, my my heart is telling me Barca. My head's got some other names in there, but don't you worry. As soon as we go into whatever game it is, I'll be, you know, the, the blue and red will be pouring out my heart and we'll be back in the team to the final whistle. And we really hope we can do it. Um, I know I said final thing on the Champions League, but there's one more thing I want to touch on. Um, it seems, you know, as we said, 2015 has, feels like so far away and since then, we have really struggled in the Champions League, uh, specifically at the hands of Roma and Liverpool, who completely annihilated us from positions that they really should not have. Of course, we took those first legs, we got the victory and a good victory, and then we crumbled completely in those second legs. What Do you think that the memory of that still haunts us and is still affecting us mentally? And if so, how do we fix this? Yeah, 100%. I agree. Uh, ever since... We uh, completely blew it against Roma and then against Liverpool. We just obviously haven't been the same club, not not at all. And I think the only way to fix this and get rid of this nightmare is by winning the Champions League, which I hope we can do this year. It's just the feeling that the players get every time they step out on the pitch of the second leg of the most decisive game. They, they just have the feeling of disappointing the fans and the club and it just gets to them it gets to their heads and i just think all we need is a good mentality a clear head and we should be able to take the trophy home this year well let's hope so i really hope so Catalunya. Um, we're gonna go all the way in the champions league brilliant so that kind of rounds off the champions league section of this podcast and we're gonna get underway with a bit of a review of this year's la liga season so to speak a little bit about the season, it's been what feels like a very, very long season <laughs> because of the uh, the break. But if we take it back all the way to the start, we began with uh, the current manager then, Ernesto Valverde. He was the manager that started the season with us. And I wanted to know, do you feel as though that was the right decision to have him start that season? Or do you feel like he should have been given more time even? Uh, honestly, to sack him in the middle of the season, I was never behind. Although at the time, I was incredibly happy as I've wanted Valverde out all season. But um, I don't think it was the right and smart decision to sack him mid-season as throwing a manager in in the middle of a season when Barca need results, the fans are begging for it. It's It's just not smart. I think he should have either been sacked at the beginning of the season or at the end. Because now uh, everyone's calling for Setien's head. They all want him to be fired just because he hasn't had the time to completely come under his role. And he hasn't even had a preseason yet, which I think he deserves one more season. Yeah. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think definitely with Kike Setien to be changing manager at this point is is slightly ridiculous. You know, he's had no time and he's come into a situation with not really any input of his own um, that he's been able to make in terms of players uh, he wants and, and all that stuff. You have to give managers more time. But in terms of Anessa Valverde, I feel as though there were many opportunities and good opportunities where we could amicably, 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 yeah, we could easily, <laughs> we could easily, um, you know, and fairly, uh, you know, shake hands and say, right, thank you for your services. He could, you know, say goodbye to the fans in a nice way. Um, and then therefore, you could have started the season with a different manager. But the way in which we we sacked Ernesto Valverde just does not sit right with me at all. You know, we seem to be openly going to a bunch of different managers inquiring about them, checking if they could coach Barcelona while Ernesto Valverde was still the manager, um, which I feel is incredibly disrespectful of the club and the board, especially to do that to to a current manager. And um, although he was not performing at a level that was really good enough in the majority of fans' eyes, we, we should have treated him with a bit more respect. For me, he shouldn't never have started the season. I think we, we had multiple, you know, attempts times where we could have just said goodbye and gone our separate ways but unfortunately we you know we did it in the way we did uh, I don't think it was the best way to do it do you feel as though fans were slightly harsh on him I know he wasn't performing well but do you think we have to look at ourselves in this uh, I think the fans had a right in saying that he should be sacked but the way that some fans took it to the, a complete other personal level was absolutely disgusting uh, to see but I think he he should have been sacked and it was too late to sack him when they did, but should have been at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. And then once uh, Ernesto Valverde made way for uh, a new manager, we saw the appointment of Kike Setien, who is, of course, our current manager as well. If you were to take yourself back to that time when he was initially uh, appointed the head coach of Barcelona, were you satisfied with that appointment? Oh, 100%. I think uh, all Barca fans were because he's been one of the managers that we've been crying out for for the past few seasons. And uh, it seems that a lot of people have really turned on him now. But at the time, there wasn't really many coaches we could have brought in. It was either him or the Barca B coach. And I don't really see any other feasible options at the time happening as many of the managers that we were interested in were tied down with the job at the moment. Yeah, it seems like we were out of options, to be honest. We tried approaching Xavi, but he he said he wasn't ready to take the job, which I think was very smart. And we will get on to, uh, to maybe the future of Barcelona in terms of the manager being, being Xavi. But focusing on uh, Kike Setien, did it worry you at the time of appointment that he had not really won any major uh, trophies and also didn't have experience at the top level and with a top club such as Barcelona? No, honestly, it didn't really worry me at all. As we've seen with our last two treble winning managers, um, Guardiola and Luis Enrique, they didn't really have much experience with top up-level clubs such as Barcelona. Guardiola just coming from the B team and completely uh, revolutionizing the club and Luis Enrique coming from coaching Roma and Celta de Vigo, having win, not winning much and still winning a treble in his first season. 
And I wasn't really worried with Setien's experience as for me, that doesn't really matter. What matters is what they know and their tactical awareness and just their overall appreciation for the club. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was clear that when Kike Setien came in, he felt very privileged to be chosen. Uh, he was very excited to get working with Barcelona. He's obviously a big, big fan of Lionel Messi. I mean, there isn't many people that aren't, um, unless you're a Real Madrid fan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, he, you know, also a big admirer of Sergio Busquets as well. Uh, so when he came in, they, it was a good feeling around the club, which we hadn't felt for quite a while, you know, seeing him involved in the training, in fact, yeah. even playing in the training, uh, which <laughs> yeah. was great to see. You know, it really made you feel as though he was ingratiating himself in the club. So to this point, point now where we are at of course just before this the the continuation of the champions league how do you feel as though he has done do you feel as though he's been backed uh, well enough as well um because there has been also some questions over his lineups and tactical decisions but on, on a whole how do you feel as though he's done um obviously he hasn't been backed by the fans the majority as of late uh by but by the board, contrary to what the media has been reporting, um, when they said that he would be sacked if we didn't get the necessary results against Atletico Madrid and Villarreal, uh, I feel like the board does have his back, as Bartomeu had said in a public interview, that he will remain for another season and that Xavi will come when he is ready. But as for his performances, Setienne, uh, obviously, like even Valverde had, uh, there was matches every once in a while where we would get that taste of the former Barca of like 10 years ago and we would play out of our minds and then the next game go back and use the yeah. exact same lineup and mm. not do well at all because Setien didn't prep for the team that he was supposed to be versing. Uh, yeah. As I've said before, as I said before in this podcast, you have to prep for the opposition. You have to do it based on their tactics, based on how they've been playing, based on their players, based on everything about them. You ha you can't be using the same lineup and tactics every single game. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think this has been an, a big, big issue with Barcelona for, for so long now is the continuity, you know, the the continuity of results have, have been so inconsistent and actually maybe continuity in results isn't the best way to say it, but continuity in good performances. I'm really struggling to remember a time when we put together three performances on the bounce that were of a high enough level for this Barcelona side. Completely agree. And that's what I'm hoping we can do for the next four matches right before we win the Champions League. But <laughs> if it's any time to do it, it's definitely now. Yeah, definitely, definitely now. I think now is the, the best time. And if Kike Setien was able to, you know, do almost the unthinkable and win this Champions League, I think, I mean, if you don't get the the fans off your back with that, then I don't think there's much else you can do uh, to get the fans off your back. So he has definitely a big few games to to really think about what he can do in terms of tactically and also lineups. I know you have been a slightly... Um, you pondered some of the lineups that he has produced. Uh, do you feel as though, as Barca fans, we expect something different to how he sees it? Do you think that's the case in terms of the these lineups? Yeah, 100%. I mean, as we've seen quite a few times, it's he produces midfields 
that have no spark, no creativity, yep. have no vision for attacking football. We just see Vidal, Busquets, Rakitic all playing yeah. together, and it's it, it, it's atrocious. I mean, yeah. they have they have no, they don't move forward. They always move it sideways or backwards. The amount of times that I've predicted that a player would pass it back to Terstegen, even being in the <laughs> final third, probably, is absolutely insane. But even in the attack, um, Messi, Griezmann, and Suarez don't work, and they they just won't. He needs to figure out what's the best attack and what's the best midfield for Barca and soon. Yeah, and I think the two will complement each other. If you get the attack right, that complements the midfield. If you get the, the midfield right, that complements the attack. Yeah. And that has really contributed to the messy dependency when we have a midfield that is unable to create anything. You know, that's why Messi has to drop into the midfield. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and and that's why Ricky Puic is such an important player for Barcelona because he will relieve some of the stress of Lionel Messi. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I mean, even at such a young age, he seems to be more mature and creative than our entire midfield. And at the moment, he's one of our biggest difference makers in matches. And if Setien doesn't start him yeah. in the match against Napoli, then I really don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think is the solution to getting the best out of Antoine Griezmann? You know, we've seen him come in a big, big price tag, 120 million euros coming in to Barcelona from Atletico de Madrid. Um, it's going to be difficult to transition into a completely new way of football, but I don't think any of us can, could have predicted um the amount of difficulty he would have had settling into this Barcelona team. And we've seen him play in a position that is just not complementary to his playing style at all, you know, being shifted out there on the left. And a lot of times being played as almost like a left back, the amount he's tracking yeah. back. <laughs> what is the solution to getting the best out of the 120 million euro player that we purchased? Honestly, it's, it's a very difficult thing and it's a very difficult topic. Because as we've seen throughout the season, he's had little bits and pieces of brilliance and quality throughout, but he's never really yeah. done that on a consistent basis like he's done for Atletico Madrid. And I think it has to do with the fact that he plays the same, like a similar role to, to Messi, like Dybala and like Coutinho, which is why Messi can't really play well with them. Yeah. Uh, Griezmann and Atletico, he used to be the center forward, just dropping behind the striker. Still yep. getting goals, still getting assists, but here that's that's Messi's job. That's Messi, and it's it's going to be difficult to find Griezmann's role at Barca. But I think it's definitely not out on the wing. It has yeah. to be at striker as a number nine. I hundred percent agree, and this is this brings us on nicely into uh, player recruitment over the past few years. This is what makes me question. I whoever is in charge of bringing these players, getting the final say on these players coming to the club. You know, we've seen the likes of Coutinho come and want to occupy that messy position, but we know that that's the, where he plays. So why are we spending the money on him? Same thing with Griezmann. Why are we doing it? You know, some blame has to fall on the board there for allowing these transfers to come through. Over the years, our, tr our recruitment has been so poor. I can only really think of... Clement Longley that's been a standout in all of that. Yeah, 100%, I agree. And it's not only the fact of the recruiters, because also there have been some players that they bought, like Malcolm, who, in my opinion, 
I've oh. always thought that he had more potential to become world class than Usman Dembele mm. because he he just he just had that ability to score so nicely and so easily as we've seen uh, yeah. against Real Madrid and mm. he just wasn't given the proper opportunities and to be to transfer him to Zenit is just it's just terrible. I mean, Barca took him from going to Roma, a club yeah. who would have been perfectly suited for him, where he would yeah. be blazing in Serie A right now. Yeah, it is just it's just terrible. He deserves oh, much better. I hundred percent agree with you. The whole Malcolm situation, it really breaks my heart. I mean, this is and this is what worries me is that we are getting players to the club who have such a desire. And the talent needed to succeed at Barcelona. Malcolm loved the, the club. It was so clear. He loved the club and he wanted to be a part of it. And we are shunning these players out. And yet signing someone like Kevin P- Prince Boateng, who has played for a million different clubs. He plays in a different position to what we're buying him for. You know, and instead of trusting some of our La Masia players who have a desire to play for Barca, a real hunger to play for for Barca, you know, we're doing this kind of thing. Malcolm did not deserve the treatment that he get. He he hardly played, and where, whenever he did, he played well. So it's like these good performances from players are not being rewarded with a start in the next game. Instead, we're seeing a number of very, very bad performances from the likes of Luis Suarez, but he's still kept as our main striker. You know, we're, we're, we're showing to the players that performing well will not get you in this starting lineup. It's almost It almost feels like that at this point. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that the managers are too scared to change and get players out of the team that makes others uncomfortable i mean yeah. you just have to be spontaneous you have to do stuff that will better the team and not what the players want um and- you have to give players who deserve it not players who have just been in that role for quite a few years and who don't really deserve it a hundred percent agree and do you think that that comes down a little bit to play a power uh, yeah, I think it does. And I think that's why we need to bring in a manager who is respectable, who is strict, who doesn't really care what the players want, who does what he wants. And I think that's why Setien hasn't been doing such a great job. Neither has, uh, neither did Valverde. A couple questions on that, what you just men- mentioned about a manager coming in who uh, doesn't have fear in, in just doing what he wants and maybe ostracizing some players of, well, maybe not ostracizing, but as, as you said, benching high quality players because their performances haven't been up to scratch. Firstly, do you think Kike Setien is that guy? And secondly, do we think that there's other influences impacting these these decisions for example the pressure from the board do you think the pressure of the board to keep these high valuable players satisfied is being rubbed off and influenced in the manager's decisions of who he picks to play yeah 100% I mean that's why I think Setien should be given another season but after that if things don't change I believe we need to bring in another manager like Xavi or like the B team coach Garcia Pimienta who would do a much better job hopefully yeah i think i think you're right there i from from what i've seen of kike seti and i think he has a great idea of football if it can be executed and created but he lacks 
he's not an authority figure. Yeah. And the problem with Barcelona is we don't have many. We we lack that Puyol kind of player who is going to scream at these big players and tell them, listen, this isn't good enough. I would love to see what the halftime team talks are. Puyol would be even just a fantastic motivator for the dressing room as he's just a no-nonsense person, a no-nonsense player. He He always... Slap the team into shape whenever it was necessary, which is why he will go down as probably the greatest captain this club has ever had. Yeah. And as much as I love Messi, he and and him being captain for Barcelona, then it's it's incomparable. They're two very different yeah. captains. Messi almost leads by example. Um and P and Puyol did too, but you know, Messi's a quieter kind of character. Do you feel as though Messi deserves the Barcelona captaincy? And if he doesn't, who would you give it to? Honestly, it's a very it's a very difficult topic, of course, but I haven't seen like I don't I've never really seen Messi as a captain sort of player. In my opinion, the captain armband should go to either Gerard Pique or Ter Stegen. In my opinion, they're much better motivators than Messi is. And although yeah. Messi is a fantastic player, don't get me wrong, I just don't see him as a player who can motivate the team when they're in those sort of situations like they were in Liverpool and in Roma. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with you. It seems as though, and, and I've seen Messi sometimes giving the team advice, but for me, I 100% agree with you. He isn't, he isn't a captain in that sense, or at least the captain that we currently need. Um, you know, ideally, you have a number, authoritative, a number of authoritative figures in that first team that will, you know, take no nonsense and give out instruction. They don't necessarily need to be the captain to do that. And that's what where I think Messi would fit in. But like you said, for me, PK or Ter Stegen are definitely uh, two candidates that I think could or actually should be um, considered for captaincy. For me, it feels like Messi's just been given it because he is Messi yeah. and because of what he's done for Barcelona. Um, so that worries me slightly. And that's where I feel as though the board is a little passive. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And they, it, it, obviously, I'm 99% sure they won't take the captain armband away from Messi. But, <laughs> Imagine. But I, I do think Ter Stegen and PK would be better suited for the captain armband. A hundred percent agree with you. So let's talk now a little bit about uh, an issue I've been excited to speak to you about, and that is transfer window. Uh, we've currently entered the transfer window um, and I'm looking to know really, who would you like to sign first and foremost? Um, obviously, Eric Garcia is the most likely candidate to sign for Barca. And I think that could be done in the next few days or week. Wow. And uh, I think he would be a fantastic signing for the team to provide competition as the third choice center back with Araujo and Tolibo. And I think he could be the potential replacement for Pique as I've seen. He is more of like, he, he is a leader and a stand, like a very tall guy from the back who can change the defense for the better. Yeah. I 100% agree. And breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, we've just found out that Pep Guardiola has come out and said today that Eric Garcia would will not be renewing his contract at Manchester City and has desire to play elsewhere. Now, as soon as we as Barcelona fans hear that, we know what that means. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do think Eric Garcia wants to play 
in the Blaugrana colors and hopefully will be making his way to the new camp this transfer window. I think he could be a real asset for us if utilized properly. And that is a big if because at the moment we seem to be just moving players on that had potential or whatever. So I think he does need game time. If he's going to come, we have to look at that. I think that's part of the reason why we saw Delict opt not to come to Barcelona. I don't think he had the guarantee of game time. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying Eric Garcia should be a starter. If he plays well enough, he should be. But, you know, he should certainly be getting some game time. That is a big, big signing for us if we manage to pull it off. Um, a person I wanted to ask you about was David Alaba. Now, there's been rumors about him potentially being offered to Barcelona or Barcelona looking to sign, I believe, the 30-year-old. Um, how do you see that panning out? Do you think that would be a good signing? Is it an important signing? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I do think that he could come to the team and offer a lot. Uh, at the moment, I think that he is better than Jordi Alba, in my honest opinion. He is still only 28, just turned 28 this year. So he's still in oh, really? one of the best moments of his career. And I think that for 50 or 60 million this summer, or if we wait another season for free, he could yeah. be a great player for Barca. I mean, I've been looking at this guy coming to Barca for, for years now. I've always wanted him. And he, his versatility is also a major factor. Similar yeah. to Sergio Roberto, he could play as a wingback. He could play as a CDM, a center mid or mm -hmm. even a center back, which could mm -hmm. offer a lot if we do go through another injury crisis. But yeah. his my pl favorite place to put him would be left back. Or yeah. even he could provide competition with Piquet and play center back as well. But I think he would be a fantastic signing for Barca. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's a very well-established player, plays at the highest quality uh, and one of the biggest teams in world football at Bayern Munich. That's a surprise to me, actually. I didn't realize he was only 28. Yeah, um, I say only 28. Obviously, it's no 18. But listen, if we're able to get him for free, I think that would be the best option. Maybe yeah. give Junior Firpo one more season with a little bit more game time to yeah. see how he progresses. But at the moment, it's not looking great for Junior Firpo. Um, we signed him only last last year, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So how, how, how have you have you been impressed with him or has he left quite a bit to be desired? Uh, honestly, I had big hopes for him coming into the season. Uh, honestly, I would have preferred Cucurella to stay because I saw more potential in him, even in Juan Miranda. Yeah. But yeah. he has had plenty of game time, plenty of opportunities uh, playing in 17 La Liga matches this season, which is far more than I would have expected. Wow, and, is it that many? And he hasn't really given me the impression that he is one for the future. Yeah. But obviously, uh, things can change in a matter of a season. But yeah. I saw that he did far better with Betis for the past couple of seasons than he did for Barca. Yeah, and it, it makes me start to think, um, because Kike Setien was the manager of Betis, uh, that perhaps he isn't he isn't a Barca player, you know, maybe he isn't suited to this brand of football. And that's what differs from this and Betis, even with the same manager. 
or perhaps it's just a system that isn't quite working for him. He isn't a player as advanced as Jordi Alba um, in terms of, you know, going forward in that. Although he he does definitely try uh, in games to get as far forward as possible. But um, like you, I do feel like he's left a lot to be desired. And he hasn't shown enough in the game time he's been given that he is going to be an integral part of Barcelona's future. I would 100% agree with you. So we'll yet see how that pans out. But um, going back to the signing of any more players, this transfer window, obviously our budget is a lot less than it would normally be because of the the world crisis that has been happening. Um, is there any other player you would perhaps like to at least be linked with or look at? I know Martinez has been talked about, but it looks like that may be off the cards, at least for this transfer window. Anyone else? Well, look, uh, there's still two more months left in the transfer window, but at the moment, I don't see any players that are linked with us who could improve the team for what they're worth. Of course, every year there's going to be rumors about Neymar joining the club, but Bartolomeo yeah. said in a recent interview that the operation simply isn't feasible as yeah. Barca's uh, yearly revenue went down about 20% this year. Wow. And yeah. uh, PSG just aren't willing to let him go. At the moment, they are reportedly in talks to extend his contract, and Neymar has said that he's in one of the best moments of his career with PSG this year. So yeah. I think I I wish him good luck with PSG, but I don't want him to return. And I agree. The other player that is rumored heavily is Lautaro Martinez, but Barca have said that they won't resume talks with uh, Inter Milan until after the Champions League is finished. Yeah. But I just don't think for the price tag that Inter are setting that it is even close to being worth it for us. I mean, he Inter value him at over 110 million euros, which is not what Barca need at the moment. We don't need another 100 million attacker who's going to flop who's going to flop with us um yeah i think that's not the answer to our problems at the moment and lautaro martinez has gone through a bit of a dry spell recently Mm -hmm. uh even recently he went 20 games in a row only scoring three goals Um, yeah starting as a striker that's that's not what you want for our club and i think he does have he still does have bundles of potential He's shown mm. it in the biggest stages, the Champions League and even the Copa America with Argentina. But yeah. at the moment, I think the operation to bring him in just isn't a smart one. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore with what you said. Uh, it's surprising to hear that Barcelona's revenue has gone down as much as 20%. And that's yeah. after I bought a Barcelona short shirt that was yeah. extremely <laughs> <Yeah>. overpriced. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, listen, the Neymar deal, you know, let's let's get it out of our heads now, okay? He he he's getting older, you know, he obviously is not at age where he's needing a Zimmer frame or anything. He can still play football, but listen, you know, the amount it's going to cost us to bring him back is not really going to be worth it. I think that money can be spent a lot better. And I also agree with you. I think at the moment in PSG, he seems to be a lot more settled, enjoying his football, enjoying the team that he's a part of. Listen, he's playing with Kylian Mbappe. Um, that partnership continuing to grow as well. So he's he's got, you know, a Cardi that, I mean, they have a great team and they are definitely capable of competing at the highest level. Um, that money that we may have spent on on Neymar, I do not think it should be spent on Martinez, at least yet. Listen, he has not proved enough to be worth 120 million. That price tag is coming because one, 
it's Barcelona looking at him and they have money. And two, because he's a young talent. Now, there is no point, and I say no point, in us spending over a hundred million again on a player that we are not certain will improve our team and be a part of it for years to come. No point. Absolutely none. So let's let's wait and see. Let's see if he improves. At the moment, he seems as though he is happy at Inter. Um, and l- listen, Inter are an exciting prospect right now. If I was him, I wouldn't be leaving in this moment. They're looking to to sign some some more players. Uh, I'm sure this transfer window to an already growing squad list with with multiple uh, players of high caliber, and I think that team could do him a lot of good for his nurture and his improvement as a player. So let's wait and see uh, how he develops before spending the big bucks on him. Is my opinion on it. Um, we should talk about two new signings. I say new. Uh, one's been uh, been confirmed for a little while now, but the two new players that will arrive at Barcelona in Trincao and Pedri, what are your thoughts on those two players? Have you seen a lot of them uh, in this last year or so? Honestly, uh, Pedri, starting off with Pedri, I haven't seen much of him, but I have heard that he is a very, very quality, chance-creating, attacking midfielder. Uh, He played for Las Palmas in the Segunda División this season contributing to 10 goals in 34 starts as a 17 year old. I find that to be very impressive, very, yeah. very impressive. Absolutely. And uh, I think he's going to be a great, great future prospect for Barca. Uh, speaking about Trincao, I think he will definitely have more of an immediate impact than Pedri, as I believe he will be given more chances. He's mm. contributed to 14 goals in 17 starts for Braga in the Primera Liga of Portugal this season. he We know we, he can do it against big teams as he recently picked up a Man of the Match award against league winners FC Porto. Wow. And I think he's a very skillful, pacey winger who can do similar to Dembele, score and assist and create many chances for the club. And I think he was a bargain at 30 million. Yeah, I mean, you say a bargain at 30 million, a lot of people will be questioning that because, listen, he's not well known. Nobody really knew about him. Nobody was really watching him. But when you see that Leicester have just had a bid declined of 50 million without even seeing him play in in, in Barca colours, shows you how highly he is clearly rated. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me with this Barcelona board if they get a high enough offer that they'll sell him without even seeing him play at the new camp. Hopefully that will not be the case and he will be involved in this Barca side, but definitely, definitely an exciting prospect. It's just how do we integrate these two young players into the club? They need to be given the chances. So I'm really hoping that they are given the chances. Um, another player that will be arriving that I haven't mentioned is Pjanic. Um I mean, there's a whole thing with Pjanic and, and Arthur and that swap that we can get into in a in a moment. But just purely based on Pjanic, how do you feel as though he will fit into this Barcelona squad? Listen, he's 30 years old. Many people are not happy with his age, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he is still a quality player. Do you see him as a starter for Barca? Uh, honestly, uh, contrary to what many will probably believe, I do. I, I Quite frankly, I do. He... Uh, ever since the deal got confirmed with Barcelona, he has turned into a much, much better midfielder. And I think that even for the next couple, even three years, he will still prove to be better than Arthur 
was for Barca. Of course, I see Arthur as a much better prospect for the future, and of course, at this rate, he will probably be better than Pjanic one day. But Pjanic is a very overall good box-to-box midfielder, which I believe Barca have needed. He 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 really is creative. He has a vision. He can create chances for Messi like Puch does, and I would love to see him pair up with Ricky Puch and Frankie de Jong next season. Yeah, for me, that would be my my starting midfield. Uh, let's ease the pressure on Busquets a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to see Vidal or Rakitic in that starting lineup. Those three players, I think, could be the the future, especially De Jong and um, and Ricky. But having a, a more experienced player like like Merlin Pjanic would definitely be uh, be very beneficial to for them to learn from, really. Yeah, and we've seen that Merlin Pjanic can do it on the biggest stage, as he wanted, as he was one of the most integral parts in Roma's comeback against Barca. Even in that season alone, in 30 starts, he had 10 goals and 12 assists as a box-to-box midfielder, which is honestly outstanding. And I think that if he can replicate some of that uh, previous Roma magic, then he will be incredibly decisive and a big difference maker this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll get into the whole uh, Arthur uh, Pjanic swap deal and the current situation regarding Arthur uh, a little bit later. But firstly, let's focus back on that this transfer window. Uh, we've talked about players that we want to sign and also players that are already confirmed and will be arriving at the club. But let's talk a little bit about players that we would like to perhaps sell or loan out as well. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, honestly, there have been quite a few players who have been rumored to be leaving the club this summer as they do need to um they need much more funding if they want to sign players and some of the players that have been rumored to be leaving mostly uh Ivan Rakitic to Sevilla please uh Samuel Titi, Coutinho <laughs> uh Braithwaite Tolivo Rafinha and Firpo some of the players yeah. that have been most rumored uh I think Rafinha definitely has to go. Uh, I think he's a fantastic midfielder, but he deserves much, much better than Barca. He deserves yeah. a team in the Premier League, like Wolves, like Everton, who he's been linked to. Uh, yeah. Todibo, I hope he stays. He's a very quality midfielder. If there's anything I had to change, it's his positional awareness. That definitely has to be yeah. improved upon it. In 100%. Uh, Braithwaite, uh, listen, he really surprised me. He's a quality striker for the price that we bought him for. He really shows much more passion and hunger and fire for the game than Suarez has for the past couple of seasons. And yeah. I think he deserves much better than being a backup striker at Barca. Coutinho yeah. as well. Uh, I think he's a quality player, but his role just doesn't fit the Barca system. And I think he would be better suited at Bayern if they decide to trigger his buyout clause. If not, Arsenal is also the only other team with concrete interest for him, I think he could really help them out next season. Uh, Rakitic, yeah. I think he's had a wonderful, wonderful tenure at Barca, but I think it is time to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. I think Sevilla would be the perfect suitors for him returning to his former club that helped him reach the levels that he did. Samuel Umtiti, he has never really reached the levels that he did back in 2018 with the World Cup as he was a very integral part of the France World Cup winning team. Yeah. I think he definitely needs to leave the club and quickly. And Junior yeah. Firpo, I haven't been impressed with him. 
I wouldn't mind if he was sold, but that is only if we can get um, David Alaba. Yeah, I definitely think we need a backup for for Jordi Alba because having a player who is getting on in age, playing um, game in game out every game in a season is it's going to be difficult. Um, you touched on you touched on quite a few players there. Um, speaking a little bit about uh, well, we'll start with Braithwaite. Uh, it's it's unfortunate, isn't it? Because what we've seen from him has actually been very good. You know, he's been energetic. He's been determined to succeed. Uh, it was very clear from his point of view that he wasn't just signed to play a couple months while Suarez was out. He wants to be a part of this Barcelona future. And unfortunately for him, uh, it turns out because of the break in football, Suarez came right back into the frame and, of course, was that uh, a pick ahead of Braithwaite. But what we've seen from him, we it's been impressive. And I think a few clubs will be looking at him now going, listen, we like what we saw and we want to sign him and we could potentially make a little bit of profit on that. Not a lot. I don't think a lot because uh, we signed him for 18 million, I believe, release clause from Leganes. But um, but yeah, we could make maybe potentially a, a 20 to 25 million uh, transfer happen there. Uh, I do feel sorry because I am a big fan of Lord Braithwaite as uh, some Barca <laughs> fans have coined him. Um, but yeah, that's just the way the, the the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. And similar with Rafinha, it's very unfortunate. This guy has been riddled with injuries. Um, and I do kind of feel like if he hadn't, he may actually be a part of this Barcelona midfielder uh, midfield because he is a very talented midfielder. His brother, of course, Thiago Alcantara, um, also a very talented midfielder. I think it runs in the family, <laughs> quite clear. Um, but yeah, Rafinha, he was an instrumental part of that Champions League comeback against PSG, if you remember. If yeah. you don't, are you a Barca fan? <laughs> not too sure. Um, <laughs> but listen, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast. We think Wolves would be a great destination for Rafinha. You know, yeah. they're a club with aspirations. They played an incredible champion. Um, sorry, Premier League campaign, and they're still in the Europa League, I believe, as well. So, do you think that would be a good appoint a, a good transfer? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, Wolves seem to be a very, very strong side um, with. Very quality players in the attack, like Raul Jimenez, like Adama Traore. And I think adding Rafinha into the mix would make them a much stronger side. And I think they can even potentially push for Champions League next year if they continue at this rate. They yeah. just, they, um, they're only minutes away from qualifying to the uh, quarterfinals of the Europa League. And wow. even with a bit of luck, they can go all the way. And I think Rafinha would be a great. Um, a great addition to that squad. Yeah, speaking speaking of that Wolves uh, Wolves team, uh, one of the standout players in the season alongside Raul Jimenez, who's been unbelievable, Neto as well in there. Adama Traore, a former Barcelona prodigy as well. Unbelievable. We're giving these clubs players. Yeah. <laughs> He's been so exciting to watch. Uh, he runs like an NFL player. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, this guy is 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 a beast. Yeah, I know. He's he's an incredibly strong, fast, and skillful player who really could have been been used at Barca, but he just wasn't lucky with it. But he's been fantastic for Wolves this season, participating in 37 games, scoring four times, and assisting nine, which is just wow. absolutely incredible. And I think... Uh, he would have been a great addition to Barca if he stayed, but I don't blame him. 
No, no, I don't blame him at all. I don't think he would have gotten to that team because that was during the MSN era. Um, yeah. But Adama Traore not even starting a lot of games and still pulling out some incredible numbers. So very, very impressive from him. Uh, back to some transfers. Uh Coutinho, oh, we're gonna we're gonna lose so much money. Um, yeah, I don't see Bayern. I don't see Bayern triggering the the release clause. I actually think maybe the club director came out and spoke on it and said they aren't they aren't going to. But um, don't don't quote me on that. But yeah, it looks like when you offer a player to a club, you know you're gonna make a, a loss. Yeah. Um, offering him to Arsenal, who cut well, there it looks like they might be able to hold. Uh, hold off interest and keep uh, Aubameyang offering him a £250,000 a week new contract, new and improved contract. You know, their money won't be the best, uh, I'd imagine, with, of course, the the crisis and these new contracts being issued out. But if they can get a few players off the wage bill, a few transfers done, they might be able to scrape enough money to purchase Coutinho. Um, I mean, what a player they'd be getting. It's unfortunate in the way that it it happened at Barcelona, but I I can't see us selling him for any more than 70 million max, really. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's really sad to see what Coutinho has become um, since he joined Barca. I mean, at Liverpool, he was one of the most important players in the team. And I'm sure that they could have done much better uh, even with Coutinho, despite the amount of feats that they have achieved. And I just think for him to be going to Arsenal for around a reported 50 to 60 million just shows how much he's dropped because of Barca. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's shocking business, really. And it goes back to what we were saying in bad recruitment. Why are we, why are we recruiting players that aren't fitting the system? I mean, listen, we know it's impossible to know if a player is going to come in and be exactly what you need. But when you're spending $140 million on them, you better be pretty sure that they will. Um, and that hasn't happened with Coutinho at all. And we're going to end up losing a lot of money but that is the case listen we've spoke a little bit about the recruitment how it's not been uh, great over the 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 few years and one thing i wanted to touch on that's kind of connected to that is la masia now a lot of people think that la masia has actually declined um i think a lot of the reasoning for that is because we're not seeing the likes of Xavi, Iniesta, Piquet, Messi being uh, in, you know, the new versions of them being in the squad. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's declined. Um, what are your thoughts on La Masia? Do you think it's declining? Do you think we're utilising it well enough? Um, and also, are there any players you'd like to see get some first-team action that have come up through La Masia? Um, I definitely don't think that the board and the club and the management are utilising the Barca B team and La Masia as well as they should. Of course, I don't think that it's as good as it was in the glory days of La Masia about a decade or two ago, but there's no way that you can compete with that. I mean, after the high the high standards that they've set, it's it's impossible to compare them, which is why they seem as subpar as they do to the management. But I think the, some players that I would love to see be given a chance next season, uh, Manchu, He's 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 the engine of Barca B, the the captain yeah. as well, yeah. contributing to many goals this season in such little time, and I think that he would be a phenomenal uh, addition to Barca next year if Setien decides to use him. And I sorry, so I couldn't agree more with you. Sorry, yeah. go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, another player, Alex Colado. 
Um, yeah. Not sure if I'm saying his name right, but he is he's very productive. He's he makes big impacts in games, and he's very quality winger, and he's very versatile as well. I'd love to see him play for the team. Uh, Conrad De La Fuentes not given much chances this season, but as we've seen in the playoffs for Barca B to get promoted, he scored a brace and he was very decisive in their route to the final, which yeah. maybe they did not win. Yes. Um, another player, Jorge Cuenca. He's been a fantastic center back for the past few seasons for Barca B. And although he might not be able to compete with Todibo Araujo and possibly Eric Garcia, I'd love to see him be given the chance. Um, not sure if I'm missing anyone, but also the manager, Pimienta, deserves a lot of praise for what he's done. No one deserves it more than him. He's brought the team all the way to the final and nearly getting promoted to the Segunda for the second time. And I think even he could be a possible replacement for Setien along, along with Xavi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, if you'd asked me the question I just asked you, I would have picked out all the names that you've said. Uh, some brilliant, brilliant players in that Barca B side. Um, Conrad De La Fuente has been very, very popular amongst uh, fans. Could become the first American to play for Barcelona, I believe. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, Monchu, is it? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, I believe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, we could both be butchering it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, really, really impressed with him. Also, Arujo, I want him to get promoted. I want him to yeah, start yeah, playing 100%. more games. I don't really consider that. him a Barca B player anymore, but of course, I yeah. guess he technically is. But yeah. he's a very fast, agile center back who is very good um, at defending. And I would love yeah. to see him be given the chance alongside Tolivo and possibly Eric Garcia, as I said. Yeah, no, it would be brilliant. For me, I'd love to see uh, the Clement Longley Arujo connection, yep, uh, defensive partnership get, get um, you know, just improved through more playing time. Um, one player from, well, that's come up through La Masia uh, and got a little bit of game time this season is Carlos Perez. And um, unfortunately, in my opinion, he, I don't feel as though he was given enough time before he was shipped out. Um, to to Roma with it was a loan but they've got a uh, option to buy or is it, is um, it um, I'm pretty sure it's an obligation to buy but obligation. I could be I could be mistaken uh yeah. I think me alongside all other fans across the world were very surprised with Barcelona him out obviously yeah. he had a very promising start to the campaign this season with Barca starting in five games and contributing to three goals very surprising but he was a quality player and he is a quality player for Roma right now in the league and the Europa League. But I was incredibly surprised. I mean, he was one of our best talents and it was amazing to see him get minutes and get a goal with Barca. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, he was shipped out to Roma. Seems to do, be doing uh, all right out there. But one thing I wanted to speak to you about is uh, he recently did an interview where he said that I didn't deserve to leave Barcelona. Do you feel as though he has a right to say that? Do you think that's fair enough comment from him? Yeah, no, 100%. I think he has every right to be saying that. Although I was surprised that he did. It does take confidence to speak out against your former club like that. But he, he definitely did deserve better. There have been dozens of players who deserve better than what Barca gave them. Oh, sorry about that. And then uh, they've just been treated terribly. 
Yeah, and I, th- I agree with you. I think he has every right to say it. And it seems as though it came as a bit of a shock to him, him leaving uh, as, as much as it did to the fans as well, really. Yeah. Uh, he was slightly shocked to uh, to leave. One player as well, who isn't a Barca player anymore, but did come up through La Masia, um, was Kubo. I don't know if, uh, I'm sure you remember him from some good performances. He was playing for Mallorca this season on loan. From Real Madrid, in fact, he made the £1 million move, uh, I believe, last summer from Barcelona. And this guy looks like he could be really, really, really good. And we've let him slip through our hands. Do you think that this is a big mistake from Barcelona, not paying the £1 million to keep him? Yeah, 100%. I mean, as we've seen in the game that we played against Mallorca, I knew from the minute the game started, he would be their main attacking threat. He even yeah. scored an absolute banger against us, but... That just goes to show how incompetent our board has been. He he really could have been a great part of this Barca squad, but he was let go and uh, eventually ended up joining Real Madrid, which I can't blame him for. Yeah, unbelievable to see that perhaps one of the biggest talents coming up that has come up through my, uh, La Masia as of recent times has gone to Real Madrid and, and could be a future star for them. Now he's gone on loan to Villarreal and that's a very exciting prospe- uh, prospect. I think that's a great team for him to go to. Villarreal um, had some great moments this season and I think that could really help continue to improve Kubo until he gains a spot in that Real Madrid starting eleven. What do you think about that loan deal? Uh, I think Villarreal is a much better uh, suit for him than Mallorca. I think that they have been one of the most promising teams in La Liga this year, very well attacking-wise, and I think Google will add that pace and that dynamic to their squad. Yeah, 100% agree. Okay, so moving a little bit past La Masia and moving on to something that we've alluded to a little bit throughout the podcast, but podcast, sorry, but let's, uh, let's focus on it a little more. Barcelona's board and the president, Bartomeu, how have you, how impressed have you been or not impressed with the work that they have been doing over the past couple of seasons? Of course, we have uh, in June or July next year, they have the presidential elections where we should be getting a new one. Um, how have you, how have you felt with, with the Barca board? Uh, honestly, not impressed, not even in the slightest uh, with Bartomeu. Yeah. He he has always been hated by the fans. No surprise. Don't even have to talk about that. But um, Abidal, uh, I used to love him as the sporting director, especially in his first summer transfer window when he brought in Longley, Arthur, Malcolm, and Vidal, yeah. both yeah. Uh, all four fantastic signings for the club. But with the amount of sales that he's been doing that have been destroying us, like selling Malcolm, like selling Arthur, Mm. And um, with Coutinho, and it's it's just been it's just been atrocious, and I think there definitely needs to be a lot of reform done in the board, and I think it will get done next summer when the uh, presidential re-elections are done. I'm not sure yet if I would want if I would prefer Font or Laporta, but they're both yep. very excellent candidates, and I prefer them 100% over Bartomeu. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, do you think that as a club we will keep plummeting until the new uh, presidential elections? Uh, or do you think that we can sort of be in a better place by the time they come around? 
honestly, it all depends. I feel like if we get a good run on the Champions League this this month, uh, it will give us fantastic momentum and good vibes for the next season. But it could also be a disastrous season at, uh, following this one. It could be another trophyless one. But it, it really all depends. It could go either way. And I think the assumptions that Barca is going to become the next AC Milan and how far they plummeted are a bit a bit out of hand, a bit far-fetched. Because I think we just need to wait one more year until there's a complete presidential reform. And I think it can change everything in the club. Mm, yeah. And and speaking of, of the Barca board, one thing that they've been extremely scrutinized for has been the Arthur Pjanic swap. Um, this has been, in my opinion, disgusting. And, and it's nothing against Pjanic. And this is the thing. A lot of Barcelona fans had a had a bad reaction uh, straight away, understandably. And it wasn't aimed towards the the bringing Pjanic here is more about the letting go of Arthur and, of course, the way in which we've done it through a swap deal that will only get us uh, plus 10 million euros in cash. I mean, Arthur is worth far more than what we've swapped him with Pjanic for. I mean, it's ridiculous. What what have your thoughts been on this swap? Honestly, I, at first, I, I was in complete disbelief. I couldn't believe the board had just done something like that. And even at that, yeah. they only made 15 million from it. And I think I think the main reason for swapping Arthur and Pjanic was to balance the books, but they could have done, they could have done much better. And I think Arthur definitely was one of the future prospects and he is going to become one of the best midfielders in the world at this rate. But at the same time, we all want results and we all want results now. And if we want that, we need to bring in players who are proven and players who are at their best right now. And Pjanic is that player. I think that for the next couple of seasons, he will be more decisive and more quality than Arthur was for the past couple of years. And I think that he will bring a new level to the Barca midfield paired with the proper people. Yeah, I definitely think that Pjanic coming, although he is 30 years old and, and we do have a bit of a uh, an aging, well, a bit of an aging squad is sl- maybe slightly a little bit of an understatement. Yeah, uh, There were a few games this season where six of the starting 11 were over the age of 30. Um, that is that is quite bad. Um, yeah. And we can speak on that a little bit. But yeah, I definitely think Pjanic brings, will bring something to this team. I mean, he's finished the season incredibly with Juventus. Juventus. He's had, um, you know, he's really showing his true footballing ability. Um, and another player that's competed at the highest levels can definitely uh, impact this squad in a positive way. Unfortunately, now we have a whole new situation arising with Arthur and uh, Barcelona in that Barcelona and Arthur are now entangled in a lawsuit case because Arthur is refusing to come back and train with the team. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, uh, in my opinion, it can just all be said with one sentence. Two wrongs don't make a right. Obviously, the board had no right in treating Arthur in that disrespectful manner, but Arthur also had no right in in treating the club like this in a time where we are missing two midfielders already ahead of one of the most important matches of the season, if not the most important. And yeah. he's decided to stay in Brazil and not participate in the match. Although today I think he has returned or is returning to not play in the match, but 
uh, and talks over the termination of his contract with Barca. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not good, is it? And a, a lot of people speculating that Arthur's been slightly immature throughout his time at Barcelona. He hasn't really been, um, yeah, not just, pitch. yeah, off the pitch. Yeah, not just um, to do with on the pitch and his footballing ability, but off of the pitch, there's been definitely questions over him. And unfortunately, he's proving a lot of people right by doing what he's doing right now. It's it's not to his benefit at all. And yeah. it shows the the lack of maturity, unfortunately. But Listen, I hope we can come to a, an amicable, uh, I managed to say it this time, <laughs> an amicable uh, result with all of this and, and settle it down because the last thing we need before a big Champions League tie is um, some sort of uprising yeah, within like the this. club. Yeah, without a doubt. We, we mentioned the, the ageing squad, Pjanic coming in, another plus 30 player. Do you see this as a serious issue or do you think people are perhaps taken out of proportion? Uh, at first, I thought it was... Uh, people were completely right in saying that it, it it definitely adds to our age problem. However, Pjanic is far better and more energetic than most of the aging players in our squad who look like they have zero desire left for the game, like Suarez. Yeah. Um. I feel like he he still can do a number for us in the next couple of years. However, beyond that, I'm not sure. But I, I still think that he's a great addition to the squad. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And listen, if we manage to get a couple of these plus 30 players out of the, the squad in this transfer window, and I'm thinking mainly of the likes of Ivan Rakitic, perhaps Vidal, who has been linked with Inter, that would be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so if, you know, if we can offload two and bring in one, that's better than adding just another one, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do think it is a bit of an issue. Listen, we need to have a squad that's able to compete for the future. Um, but it's also important to have a squad that is able to compete in the present. I think the problem is that the squad that we have with so many uh, aging players is not competing to a high enough standard in the present. And that is why people are annoyed. If we were winning and winning and winning in a great way, people wouldn't so much be questioning the the aging squad. But you know what it is. As soon as you start getting bad results or playing bad, everything is thrown into question. Yeah, 100%. So... Listen, we are coming to the end of a chat. We have a really uh, a really special segment where your viewers have asked a few questions. Um, would you like to get started on that and we can answer them as best as possible? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the first question comes in from Kwaja Khalil. Sorry, sorry if I'm butchering your name. Uh, he asks about the second leg and transfers. So I guess we could just... Uh, leave our predictions for the second leg against Napoli. Personally, yeah. I think either a 2 nothing or 3-1 win for Barca will happen. I just believe that we'll win by two or more goals. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that it's been now confirmed that we are going to be playing at the new Camp, um, I'm right in saying that, am yeah. I right? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so confirmed that we're going to be playing at the new Camp is a big, big plus for us, um, despite not having fans. So I, the thing I'm unsure about is whether or not Napoli will score. I feel as though they may. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say uh, 2-1. I'm going to say 2-1. All right, good prediction. And uh, as for the transfers, I've already said, uh, the only players that I would like Barca to sign would be Eric Garcia and perhaps uh, David Alaba. Uh, the players I'd like for them to sell would be Ivan Rakitic, Rafinha, Raithwaite, uh, most likely Coutinho, 
um, maybe uh, Junior Firpo under the right circumstances and definitely Umtiti. Yeah, I think this transfer window is probably the first transfer window in a long time where I haven't really been longing for anyone to come. I'm more yeah. concerned about the players that may stay. So for me, Rakitic uh, to, to leave, I would... I'd be happy uh, for Vidal to leave too. I, I want to have the midfield strong enough, but also where we have people like Pedri that can get a chance and um, yeah, have Ricky sure. Puic as one of those starters. Uh, in terms of anyone else going, let me think. I think Coutinho is is pretty much definite that he won't be coming back to Barcelona, so uh, he'll probably leave. And uh, probably Braithwaite as well, yeah. I mean... Listen, it, it does fill me with a bit of sorrow to see him go because I feel as though he could have been something for us. But um, yeah, is he part of our future plans? Probably not. In terms of signing someone, Eric Garcia is my main my main one. Um, other than that, I'm not too bothered by anyone else. Like you said, David, Al- da- David Alaba, perhaps. But um, I'd prefer to not, you know, unbalance the books to sign him, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that pans out. All right, uh, the second question comes from Sahalan Shan, uh, asking, who do we think should be the replacement for Kike Setien? Uh, in my opinion, I think the two best candidates at the moment would be Xavi and um, Pimienta from the second team. And I don't think that there's really many other candidates that are suited for Barca at the moment. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, I'm going to have to agree with you. <laughs> I hope this podcast isn't boring because we've shared a lot of the same uh, opinions, but that because we're right, okay? Anyone else? Yeah. Anything, no, wrong. <laughs> uh, the only other candidate that has been rumored for some time has been Pochettino, but it seems as though his links with Espanyol um, are too strong, really, uh, to to kind of have him come to Barcelona. Uh, and I don't think his play style is really suited to us. Um, he doesn't like to use wingers traditionally. Uh, so, so yeah, for me, I'd agree. Xavi and um, and also the Barca B man, who's been incredible um, throughout this, this season and deserves a lot of praise. It seems as though we are kind of waiting out for Xavi to come. Um, it, that that does seem to be the case, and I would like to ask you actually: Do you feel as though it's too soon for Xavi? I think I think one more year, one more year would do Xavi some good. Uh, yeah. It would give him some time to get more familiar with the new president, whoever that may be. Yeah. And um, I think him coming in a year as well as the new president at the same time would just be a breath of fresh air for us. And I think them coming at the same time would be much better. Yeah, I 100% agree. Fresh blood in the club would be brilliant. And we've seen former players uh, become managers recently at clubs such as United with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Chelsea with Frank Lampard, and even Arsenal with Mikel Arteta. And they all currently uh, are doing all right. So, you know, maybe it it isn't such a bad idea. So we'll see. I mean, one thing is it would fill us with a lot of pride to see Xavi as the main man at Barca once more, but in a different way. As we've seen with these managers like Arteta, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, like Frank Lampard, they've had little to no experience as yeah. a manager, as the main manager. And yeah. that just further proves the point, as well as Zidane, that just further proves the point that you don't need to have bundles of experience at top level clubs to be a top level manager. 
Yeah. One thing I'd actually like to say um, is that, and the time isn't now by any means, but I'm actually monitoring uh, Mikel Arteta very closely because I'm actually a very big fan of his... um, you know, having him, he was studying under Pep Guardiola at Manchester yeah. City, yeah, uh, and he, he is really looking like he could progress into a very, very good manager and one that maybe in the future, if he continues the same way, could be a very well, uh, very good fit for Barcelona. Um, Arsenal and Barcelona have been compared for their play styles for many years, although, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe let's leave that that uh, rock unturned, but. Yeah, I do think I really like his his energy as a manager. I think he's proving that he can really, really manage a bunch of players, uh, some with big egos. We've seen Meza Urzel be completely left out the squad. Um, and that goes back to what we were saying with a manager that doesn't really care if you're a yeah, big player fearless, or not. Fearless. fearless. He's strict and he doesn't care what the player wants. He just does what's best for the club. Yeah. He seems to have a great relationship with uh, all the players other than uh, Gwenduzi and Ozil at the moment. Um, but but yeah, he, the players seem to love him and he seems to... And it's we, we've got to be careful that we don't speak too early. But with all the problems that Arsenal, Arsenal have been having for a long time, he, he seems to be turning turning it around slowly. But we'll, we'll, it's very early on, isn't it? We have to wait and see. Yeah. And so the final question comes from Abir Aka Abir. And he asks, uh, please talk about the future of Barca. What do you see in this club in like 2024? Brilliant. So honestly, this all depends on the next couple seasons, who we elect as president, who we get as our next manager, what we do with the squad. But honestly, I have faith. I have confidence in this Barca side. Despite what many people say, I still think we'll be a top level football club. And I don't think we will become like the next Milan. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a great way to tie up the podcast, speaking about the future for FC Barcelona, which we all hope as Barcelona fans is as bright as ever. Uh, For me, listen, I want to see Barcelona get back to that team in Europe. And what I mean by that is that team that is regarded as the best in the world, undoubtedly. Um, You know, we saw under Pep Guardiola, a little bit under Enrique as well, where they were just so feared as a club, playing them that you knew that that there was no way that you were going to win almost. And I think that has been lost a little bit. So I think good infrastructure in the club. We all need to be united in the vision that we hold, which I don't think is currently the case from top to bottom. And I mean, from manager to player to board member to president, we all need to be pulling in the same direction. We all need the same intentions. We need to nurture La Masia. We need to give more chances to the players coming up through the system because a lot of the time they are as good or if not better than some that we are at times purchasing or giving uh, that starting place to. So I think if we can get back to the philosophy and the ideology that we began with and have certain tweaks and modifications to it, to where we're all pulling in the same direction, I think we can return to be the best football club in the world. Not that we aren't right now forever in my heart. FC Barcelona will be the best football club in the world, but I mean in the eyes of the many, uh, not just the Barcelona fans. And I do think it is possible. It's just going to take the infrastructure to be built there where everyone, as I said, is pulling in the same direction. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree. We just need to get back on the same mentality, the same wavelength, and hopefully everything else that we want will just follow. 
That's brilliant. Listen, Mr. Blaugrana TV or Nico, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, I think you've had some really great insights and you're so, so knowledgeable about uh, this football club we all love. It's very, very clear. Um, Please do your thing. Shout yourself out. Tell the people where they can find you if they don't already know. Uh, Yeah, thank you, bro. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Blaugrana TV. And I will be posting there for the Napoli game. So stay tuned. Listen, once more, thank you so much, Nico, for being on the podcast. That's at Blaugrana TV on Instagram. Let's get him to 100K. And listen, this has been the As I See It podcast with another episode of Barca Base. We hope you've all enjoyed. Stay tuned for more content and peace.